Welcome to Fitzant Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer, designed to keep you informed and captivated about the South African residential property market. Subscribe to our channel today and enjoy conversations with some of the most influential, innovative, and interesting industry experts, stakeholders, and scheme executives as they render input in today's property market. Good morning, everyone. I'm Pearl Skeltema, the CEO of Fadzani Estates, and once again, welcome to our property exchange. Yes, we're going to address the topic that's on everyone's lips. Of course, the Protection of Personal Information Act. Yeah, the time has come. The deadline for registering or handing in manuals and registering your information officer is effective the 1st of July. This deadline brings forth significant changes to the administration of community schemes, particularly when dealing with members or other stakeholders' personal information. So this morning, we invited a learned and dedicated young attorney, Dylan Hirschop. He attended the Northwest um, University. During his period of studies, he attended an exchange program at Erasmus University, Rotterdam, practicing in the international maritime and transport law. Upon completion of his studies abroad, he obtained his LLB cum laude. How's that? Congratulations. Thereafter, he enrolled and successfully obtained his master's degree in estate law at the Northwest University. He is currently employed at Schuller Yershop Pinar Incorporated Attorneys, specializing in property law, including the law pertaining to community schemes. Welcome, Dylan. Thank you for inviting me. I'm honored to be here. I've seen a lot of your podcasts, and I think these podcasts are an extremely helpful and dynamic platform, which in my opinion is definitely worth watching. Thank you so much, but it's really our honor to have you, especially on this topic that everyone wants to know about. So let's kick off. I have many questions. What exactly is the purpose of the POPI or the Protection of Personal Information Act and what will compliance entail? Yes, I think this is um, a question that has been on everyone's lips since we've seen um, the stringent implementation of the Poppy Act and the deadline um, steadfastly approaching. Well, to start off, the cornerstone of the Poppy Act is contained in Section 14 of the Constitution. This affords every individual the right to privacy, which then in turn also includes the right to privacy in relation to one's personal information. If I had to summarize the Poppy Act in one sentence, it merely enables individuals to moderate the access to their personal information that other people have. So I think this is the purpose of the Poppy Act is a tenet worth protecting. And um, from a practical point of view, I would not necessarily want everyone to have access to my personal information, especially when it comes to intrinsic things like my bank account details. And this is exactly why the Poppy Act was implemented, to ensure that this personal information is moderated and that the individuals have the right to moderate which personal information other persons hold of them. So coming to what will compliance entail, as you've mentioned, firstly, um, we'll have to have, appoint an information officer. I think that's one of the most important um, aspects that needs to occur on or before the 1st of July, 
And then secondly, as you've also mentioned, implementing a policy document or a PR manual, for lack of a better word, which then entails, encapsulates the principles of lawful processing. So just to give you a brief overview of these principles, the first principle is that the purpose must be explicitly defined and documented. And this, in a layman's terms, is what personal information are you collecting? We are collecting the following. So the purpose must define, must be specifically defined, and we must understand why we are collecting this personal information. Second, the second principle is openness and transparency, and this merely means that we must inform um, the, the individuals whose personal information we are collecting of the information that we are collecting. So we must inform them, listen, we are collecting the following information of yours and the reason we are collecting this personal information. Then the third principle is lawful processing. So this is the justification for the processing and there are a few grounds within which someone can lawfully process another person's personal information. The first naturally being um, compliance with a statutory obligation, some or other act is requiring you to keep a record of this personal information. Another ground for lawful processing is um, compliance with a contractual obligation. We see this a lot in a community scheme context as a, a, the memorandum of incorporation in a homeowners association will require the scheme to collect certain personal information. So that's another lawful ground. The third principle is that the processing must occur on a lawful basis. This would mean this is the justification of why you are collecting the personal information. The grounds um, include, firstly, compliance with a statutory obligation. So this would be where an act requires you to keep a record of certain personal information. The second ground of justification would be in compliance with a contractual obligation and we in a community scheme context, um, we see a lot of this in a memorandum of incorporation where the MOI requires you to keep a record of certain personal information. The third ground for lawful processing would be pursuant to a legitimate interest. And then naturally where none of these grounds of application, um, grounds of justification are of application, the consent of the person whose personal information is collected is required. The fourth principle for lawful processing is that the processing must be the least evasive processing. This would entail that the scheme processes the minimum information to serve the purpose of the processing. As we all know, community scheme administration is not dependent on the shoe size of the tenant or the um, number amount of kids that the person has. And as such, the minimum amount of personal information should be collected. And these types of redundant personal information should be refrained from. The fifth, the fifth um, principle of lawful processing is that the information must come from a lawful source. And naturally, a lawful source is not Facebook. So I would suggest that we refrain from getting any information from Facebook. The Act prescribes that the best source of personal information would be from the um, person whose personal information you are collected directly from him or her, alternatively from another source such as databases. The sixth principle is information quality. This in essence means that the information that you process must be complete, accurate and updated when necessary. And then lastly, and probably the most interesting one, 
is the information security. So this would be the measures that the scheme or any person processing personal information um, puts in place to ensure that lawful processing occurs. Okay, we're going to come back to personal information. Um, we've recently sent out um, communication to all our clients. That would be sectional title schemes as well as homeowners association, informing them of their responsibility to comply. We've received feedback from some of them saying, but why should we have to comply if Zan Estates is our managing agent? They control our personal information of all the registered members. So why should either the body corporate or the homeowners association compile this manual or register an information officer? It is. It's, it's such an interesting question. Um, I think everyone has received this question, myself included. And the simple answer to the question is we must boil it down to who has the obligation to process the personal information. And as we know, the Sectional Title Schemes Management Act, or the Companies Act for that matter, requires the scheme to process the personal information. As such, the scheme is obliged to adhere to the Poppy Act, and then naturally, as the managing agent, is also obliged to adhere to the Poppy Act as they process it on the scheme's behalf. It seems that there is a, a dual compliance obligation from both the community scheme and the managing agent to ensure that poppy is adhered to. Okay, so just to put it quite clear, all community schemes have to comply. All community schemes have to apply. You are quite all. right. Okay. Let's come back to personal information. What exactly is, uh, what, what does the act define as personal information? You said that it has to be lawful. We can't ask for shoe size and things like that. So in other words, um, my attempt to know whether some attractive young men are married or not should not be lawful information. <laughs> well, if, if their consent is obtained, um, where there's a will, there'll probably always be a way. <laughs> but to come back to personal information, it's, it's the legislature in um, defining personal information in the Poppy Act is quite broad. And it mentions any information that can be linked to a person, whether it's a natural or a legal person. So this in a community scheme context, we then include identity numbers, full names, contact details, a mailing address. And then it goes further by stating things such as your shoe size, for example, is constituted personal information. Your opinion on something is constituted personal really? information. Really? Your opinion? Opinions and beliefs form part of personal information. So, in essence, anything that can be linked to you it forms part of personal information. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Section 19 of the Poppy Act requires an organization being the community scheme in this context to ensure that suitable measures are in place to maintain the integrity and confidentiality of information pertaining to owners and residents by um, preventing loss, damage, and unauthorized access to this data. What measures can a scheme put in place? Well, thank you for the question. Um, firstly, before coming to the measures, we must understand the purpose of Section 19. The purpose of Section 19 is to ensure that any person who processes personal information conducts a gap analysis, 
Um, some people call it a personal information impact analysis. And this entails that you will have to sit down and determine which information is held by the scheme, who has access to such information. You must determine the current safeguards that you have in place and then naturally foresee any possible unlawful processing of personal information. And then if there is any of these foreseeabilities, naturally implementing measures to prevent it in future. So the Act makes reference to two different types of measures in this regard, which is organizational measures and technical measures. Well, in regards to organizational measures, and luckily for the viewers, this is your first organizational measure. Organizational measures include training, awareness, internal policies, in essence, to raise awareness of an individual's right to privacy within the scheme, within the company, and to ensure that we implement internal measures to prevent data compromises. Secondly, coming to technical measures, these are all of these IT competencies that I know nothing about, such as firewalls and password encryptions and antiviruses and any tech measures that you can take to mm -hmm. prevent any unlawful processing of personal information. Okay. Um, just to come back to the practical side. So, I'm a managing agent. I manage Scheme X. Um, the scheme consists of 20 members, and I need to have their contact details. I need to have a name. I need to have an ID. I need to have a contact number. I need to have a communication address or an email address to inform them of news, to um, issue notices of meetings, to uh, issue the monthly levy statement, etc. So all of that information is indeed authorized. And I have the responsibility as the managing agent to ensure the safety of that and only to utilize it for this specific purpose. Exactly. All right. If, if we go to tenants, there's a different story. I'm a letting agent. I need more than just the mentioned information I've, I've confirmed now. I need to know where the tenant works, whether they can actually afford the property. In other words, I would require salary slips, bank statements, letter of employment, and how and where do I store this or make sure that this is safe? Well, the best thing would be, and, and it's something worth exploring, is password encrypting documents. Okay. Um, I mean, if, if, if you take a look, you have to have these details. Um, I don't think we need to discuss the lawfulness of the processing, as I mean, it's going to be mm -hmm. in compliance with a contractual obligation being the okay. agreement of All lease. Right. So the agreement of lease will require us to keep this information, but how are we going to keep this safe? It's as easy as having locking your um, file cabinets or giving certain people access to this, this information where they are authorized. I mean, the receptionist, for instance, does not need to know what is on Correct. the pay slips, does not need Correct. to know who is yeah. the employer. So it, it, it will be, uh, an, in essence, some sort of internal measures that you take to ensure that only certain staff the staff who are authorized to deal with this information deals with the information and actually that you try and keep it safe from internal problems, employees um, causing a situation where there is unauthorized or unlawful processing mm -hmm. of the personal information and then act also technical measures to try and prevent that um, the personal information be leaked with hacks 
or anything of such a nature. Okay, we're coming back to things we might have discussed before, but I just want clarity. Who is then responsible for ensuring compliance with the provisions of the Poppy Act? Well, as I've mentioned, um, the Poppy Act requires that we appoint this information officer. This would now be the person who will ensure compliance with the Poppy Act. And um, in terms of Section 1 of the Poppy Act, an information officer for the purposes of a private body is defined as the head of the private body as defined in the Promotion of Access to Information Act. And the Promotion of Access to Information Act quite nicely defines what head means, which indicates that it's the chief executive officer or equivalent officer of such a juristic person or any person duly authorized by that officer. Ah, that's interesting. Or duly authorized. Yes. How does that authorization take place? Well, it is, it's actually very interesting, the information regulator. Um, I don't think I've mentioned who that is, but that is Please simply, do, please do. It's, it's simply the watchdog, and should anything happen or there is some sort of information breach, this would be the person who would be on your case. And similarly, you should register your information officer also with the information regulator. Okay. Um, in one of their guidance notes, and the guidance note is called the Guidance Note on Information Officers and Deputy Information Officers, published on the 1st of April of this year, they attempted to quantify the meaning of duly authorized. And they indicated that any person um, is duly authorized if they act at an executive level or in an equivalent position of the head of institution, and secondly, that they are an employee of the private body. So this is this is quite an interesting um, concept, and it is it it, it 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 results in a situation where there is doubt casted on whether a managing agent can be appointed as this information officer for the simple reason a managing agent acts as an agent, and it does not necessarily act on an executive level or in an equivalent position to the head of the institution. However, um, this being said, this does not now mean that the trustees must be left in the plight of poppy um, and come into a situation where they would have to sail through these troubled poppy waters without any assistance, as the Act makes provision for the delegation of any duties and or all of the duties to a deputy information officer. And they do not quantify what a deputy information officer is or who or who may not be appointed as a deputy information officer. As such, the trustees can still be in the competent hands of a managing agent when they appoint the managing agent as the deputy information officer. However, there's a last thing that I'd like to address in this regard, and this means what is the head of the institution in a community scheme context? Um, I've heard views that a chairperson is nothing more than a trustee, and as such, why should the chairperson be regarded as the proverbial head of the community scheme? Mm -hmm. The Sectional Title Schemes Management Act and Companies Act does not make provision for the fact that a chairperson is considered to be this head. However, when considering the additional competencies of a chairperson, and these competencies are such as a casting vote, He's the chair at trustees' meetings. He is, to an extent, 
the head of the private institution or the head of the scheme as opposed to the other directors. And as such, there's, there's no other viable in- interpretation in a community scheme context at the moment. And it is understandable that the guidance note may not apply fully to um, community schemes as the information regulator attempted to quantify this information officer in a sense of from the biggest corporate multi-structural companies to the street vendor and everything in between, which they now include a community scheme. So thus, there is a lot of confusion as to who is the head. However, when considering the additional competencies, the most viable view is that the chairperson is the head. Okay, fair enough, but but I have a problem. As we all know, um, annual general meetings takes place and new trustees are appointed, new chairmen are appointed. Does this mean that we have to inform the regulator every single time that the information officer being the head of the institution has now changed? And it can change once the chairman resigns for whatever reason, it has to be changed again. Administratively, this sounds like a nightmare. It is. I completely agree with you. It's going to be quite the nightmare. But the, as I've mentioned in this interpretation note, the information regulator did not take specific cognizance of community schemes and the problems that would face or that community schemes would face when trying to implement the Poppy Act, such as registering and re-registering it information mm-hmm. officer. Mm-hmm. However, in the current circumstances, it would seem that upon a, the appointment of a new chairperson, the information regulator will have to be informed of the change. Okay. Will the Poppy Act prevent an owner accessing other owners' contact details? Prescribed Management Rule 27 operating at its best. Um, (laughs) Well, what I can tell you is yes and no. It's going to be a value-based decision that will have to be made by the trustees in um, conjunction with the managing agent and, where necessary, with legal representatives, as this will amount to a weighing of an individual's constitutional right to privacy and a member's right to information in terms of prescribed management rule 27. As we know, Prescribed Management Rule 27 requires a scheme to process certain personal information of members, tenants, and trustees. There's a whole list. And in terms of Prescribed Management Rule 27.4, upon a request by a member, the scheme must. And I think it's, 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 it's prudent that I emphasize the must because it seems mm. that in this circumstances, there's no discretion on the trustees whether or not they want to provide this information. However, um, one must regard the sectional title schemes management act as a whole and the purpose of it. And to boil the purpose down of the sectional title schemes management act, it is to promote harmonious living in the scheme and to further the management and administration of the scheme. So yes, a member is most definitely entitled to request access to other owners information. However, the, the decision that will have to be made is whether or not this request promotes the management and administration of the scheme. Okay, uh, so in other, in other words, if I stayed um, at the bottom floor and my neighbor upstairs um, shower is leaking into my unit and I desperately need to get hold of him, 
it would be acceptable for the owner upstairs information to be relayed to me in order to resolve the problem. You are quite right. Exactly that. So it'll have to boil down to a situation where if you do not provide the personal information, Mm -hmm. there would be some or other harm that would be caused, such as this emergency. We've got this emergency. The house is burning down. the, The shower is leaking. And it is going to inevitably cause further damage if we do not mitigate the circumstances. And in those circumstances, yes, I would say, that the member would then be entitled to the personal information, but in examples whereas the information, the, the person requesting the information has now started a new company and he wants to update his clientele or he wants to send everyone no, emails, of course. Of course. That, that would not further the, the hmm. administration of the management. Or if it's a neighbor management. wanting to inform the husband of another neighbor that there's uh, – strange visitors in his absence uh, that would (laughs) (laughs) you have to understand Dylan in our business we get to deal with a lot of scenarios yeah (laughs) I'm thinking of those yeah exactly and then that's the thing so the ultimate decisive factor would just be does it further the administration okay if the answer is yes let's provide them with the information understood okay Dylan as a last question um we do find resistance in some cases from community schemes saying, what is this all about? Why should we? And I, and I thank you for explaining the reasons. I think we should end off to say, if we as the managing agent has informed our client of the responsibility to comply and the resistance continue as to, we don't want to be part of this We are not interested in compiling this manual or appointing your company to do so. What can happen? Well, it's 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 quite a shock, and I think if I if I don't have the viewers' attention until now, I'll probably have the attention now. So the consequences for non-compliance with the Poppy Act can include a fine or penalty not exceeding ten million. What? Say that again. Ten million rand. Goodness. Okay. And I mean, I don't think any schemes reserve fund is willing or able to provide 10 million rand for a breach. So I think the, the consequences are quite serious. A further consequences, imprisonment of up to 12 months. And sure. then just, just to um, add insult to injury, notwithstanding these consequences that will now, that this, the scheme will face from the information regulator, the person whose personal information have been, has been compromised may also institute a common law damages claim for such a breach of privacy. So 10 million rand, 12 months imprisonment and a damages claim from the owners whose personal information is compromised. Okay. So the advice is comply, please. Yes. (laughs) Prevention in this instance is definitely better than cure. Okay. Um, Dylan, I'm sure that most of our listeners would have more questions. Um, I would like to thank you for this informative session. If they want to get hold of you, how can they do so? They can email me at dylan at shplaw.co.za. I'll spell it D-I-L-E-N at shplaw.co.za. Um, they can contact our offices on 11 763 And if it's really a poppy problem, 
they can contact me directly on my cell phone number 079-522-4241. And for all of the attentive listeners, yes, I do consent to you processing my personal information. Oh, wow. <laughs> what, what a fitting ending. Thank you so much, Dylan. I really enjoyed this. I'm not saying that I know everything. I'm definitely going to get hold of you for obtaining more information. But um, as part of our continued commitment to our clients, we can provide you the required protection of um, personal information policy documents to tailor fit these needs within a community scheme context. Um, these policies will be an all-in-one guide to ensure your community scheme's compliance with POPI and PIA Act. By the way, Dylan, we haven't touched on PIA. You quickly want to give a comment on that? Yes, I will most definitely Please. give a small um, con concluding remark. And I think maybe this could be a platform for another podcast that we can specifically yeah. address questions yeah. relating to PIA. But in essence, um, the promotion of access to information um, act is an act that entitles you as a person whose personal information is held by a secondary person to request that personal information. So let's say for whatever reason our firm holds certain personal information. We've got correspondence from you. We've got some other agreement that you've given us. We've phoned you and the telephone call has been recorded. All of this is naturally personal information and in terms of the promotion of access to information act should you require this information to protect a right or to exercise a right, you are entitled to request this information from our officers and that we are then obliged to provide you with this information. Okay. Dylan, you've got my head spinning. More and more questions. And yes, a second podcast on this is definitely necessary. Thank you once again for your participation and thank you all. We will be talking soon. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. This was Fitzsounds Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer. Not only do we keep you informed on the very latest in the property industry, we also empower by expanding your knowledge base. Make sure to visit www.fitzsounds.co.za to find out more about sectional title scheme management, letting, sales and trusty training. Remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us on all our social platforms.